Live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the online edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights. Look at the bright With tonight's guest, founder for the School of Shamanic Arts, Reverend Miriam Esther Jenkins. And tonight's performance guest, Michael Castaldo. I am Mark Lejeune, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. Well, to say I'm excited about tonight's show is an understatement. I'm excited for many reasons, and as always happens, something always happens. And something happens on the way to the show that speaks to what we're going to talk about. And I didn't think there was any connection between one of the things that I experienced this weekend and what we were going to be speaking about on the show. Because our show today, I thought, and will be indeed, about learning of shamanic arts, why they're important, and what they are, and what is a shaman, and all of that, and, and potentially power animals, and what are power animals, and all that good stuff. And so what ended up happening this weekend is that I uh, got to see one of my brothers who uh, we got into talking about growing up Italian-American together and how, how adults in the community, and even sometimes our parents, used to say certain things to us, and for that matter, us kids to each other because we learned from the adults in our community. And a lot of the things we used to say to each other were not very nice. And we, we would sometimes laugh it off, sometimes it would bother us, and sometimes it would stay with us a long time. Well, it might have actually stayed with us until today. And so as we were going through some of these things with my brother and I, we were using these phrases back and forth, and it ended up being an interesting exercise, an exercise in the sense that we would see if, at least that's how I took it, to see if they still stung like, did it mean anything? Does it still hurt? Does it, does it still apply? Or does it, you know, whether it ever applied, I mean, does it still, is it still relevant in my life? And, and so I was able to laugh at most of this stuff, but I found out some were like, oh, yeah, forgot about that. Oh, I'm going to be thinking about that. That's interesting. So when I had finally had uh, a chance to speak with our guests, and again, Sharing knowledge and wisdom of the shamanic arts is what I thought we would talk about. One of the first things we ended up talking about with our guest uh, before the show was criticism and shame and guilt. And I asked her, why was this important to her work? And she gave me reasons upon reasons why this was so important and how it was used on uh, us growing up by adults in, and how it is used in cultures uh, and, and how we can start uh, releasing it and being able to tap into not only the shamanic arts for ourselves, but for those of us who are interested in using 
the shamanic arts and the wisdom there for others. She was saying how it's important to make sure we are cleared of criticism, shame, and guilt of our own. So there's so much we can and hopefully we'll get a chance to chat about with our guest when we uh, get to the show in just a couple minutes here. Our guest is Reverend Esther Miriam Jenkins. And then it relates, it relates our performance guest, Michael Castaldo, who happens to be from Italy. We joked around and talked about this very thing ourselves. Uh, his music is, uh, well, is, is, you'll hear, you'll hear, you'll enjoy. And he just dropped a new song that we're going to get to air here on the show, here on the Life Changes show at Home Edition right after this. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi meditation. Phi meditation helps you harness the power of I am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at PhiBeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, Beads.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at LifeChangesShow.com. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. I am Filippo Voltaggio. This is our episode 695. We've titled it Sharing Knowledge and Wisdom of the Shamanic Arts because of our guest, who is a hands on healer, an Inca initiate, a founder of the School of the Shamanic Arts. She's Reverend Esther Miriam Jenkins. Welcome to the show, Esther. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here, uh, Felipe. Filippo, I'm sorry. And, no, and I'm very no, grateful it's... to you and Mark and Dorothy for giving me this opportunity. Oh, it is our pleasure. And when we came across your work, actually, uh, it seems like uh, Dorothy had known you and, and the paths had crossed and uh, and and the timing was perfect for us to have this conversation, obviously. Uh, so I did not expect that our conversation today would be a continuation of a conversation I was having this weekend. And you started right there, and I, you blew me away with with your with the importance of this in your work. So let's just start there, please. With the criticism, shame, and guilt. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, we're, we're based in that as children, and it goes in very deep, and it forms a belief system, unfortunately, that somehow we're not good enough. That's one of the things that we are not, um, 
we don't have the ability to do things that we think we can do as a child. That is mm. a child that you let them alone. They're very creative, highly creative. But if you try to force them into doing things because you like those things, that just shuts them down. And they, they, they give up their power, so to speak. And eventually, by the time they're an adult, they lose that connection to the creative t- sense of who they were and what they wanted to do. So, so a lot of people come to me with a big question like, what was I meant to do? What's my path? Mm. But so- what I find is their path was all laid out for them in childhood. They just forgot. Mm. So was your path laid out for you growing? I mean, obviously you grew up with the same, what we talked about, criticism, shame, and guilt. Uh, so, but did you still see through to your path? Yes, I was very fortunate, actually. I was very hung up on magic, prestidigitation, not real magic, not the, you know, occult magic, but I always loved those things. And uh, real short story, way back then, Mandrick the Magician was a comic strip and he had an ibis, but I didn't know what that was, an Egyptian cross. And I used, and and the keys on a Maxwell House coffee can, when you take, looks just like the Egyptian cross. Mm. That is, it's not exactly, but it's close. And I thought I could just raise it up and, change in other words move into a different dimension okay so my imagination was extraordinarily fertile and i was pursuing this until i was about 19 going on 20 and i met my first teacher and he was actually a a hypno a hypnotist they didn't call them therapists at the time and he was very eclectic he taught us everything and i was with him for 15 years And I learned all the basics of metaphysics. So for me, I was constantly looking at what is the next thing I have to do or how can I make it better? But it's been a very long journey because now I'm 87 and I'm still working on myself. Mm. Wow. And, and, And in the process, you're helping a lot of people along the way and have helped and plan on helping so many more. So, uh, you're, your studies, your learning have, have, have taken, uh, have branched out in so many ways. One of the most interesting ways, and it's a big part of your work, uh, it took you to Peru. Right. What did you find there in Peru, potentially, that you couldn't find elsewhere in more ways well, than I, one? Well, I, ha- I was following, you know, my work, but uh, Alberto Vialdo of the Four Winds Uh, who I had studied with, he invited me to Peru. And for whatever reason, I didn't even know why. I was absolutely committed to doing it. Some other part of me took over because I had never traveled out of the country before. Wow. And when I got there, the only way I can describe it is I felt I was home. Hmm. Everything I, I experienced was magical. And things were opening up in me that I didn't even know about until I got back home. And then is when I realized I had to teach this work. So within a month of coming back from Peru the first time, I was already teaching what I had learned on my trip. So before we get into a little bit of that, I I was fascinated by the fact that this information or the knowledge, the wisdom seemed to be about as pure as something can be here 
uh, without being tainted by uh, civilization in a sense, right? Uh, he came from on high, almost literally, right? Well, literally. <laughs> Meaning who? Who are you referring to? He well, came to, the, to the information that came to, I, I guess, the original uh, uh, tribe that was oh. literally high, so high up, they were untouchable. Yes. Oh, the, the Carol. You're talking about the Carol. Okay. And the Carol people live at a very high altitude, yes. And that's why the Spanish never conquered them. They couldn't even go there. They could not get go to that high place. There was some misunderstanding. There was an idea that they, they escaped to that high place. But according to Elizabeth Jenkins, who's also an extraordinary teacher and works with a gentleman that I've worked with, Juan Nunez del Prado, they never escaped. They, were, they never came down, in other words. But in the last 20 years, they did come down and they began to teach what they had always known. But their teachings actually, from all that I'm reading and listening to online, came from Lemuria, from the motherland. Uh, Lemuria being a... One of the earliest civilizations... Uh, it was somewhere in the Pacific. Remember, Atlantis is in the, we think, is in the Atlantic Ocean or near or somewhere in there. And the uh, uh, Lemuria is in the Pacific Ocean around the islands. So it sank down here. In other words, it, some say the peaks that you see or the, the islands that you see of Hawaii right now and the other some of the other islands in that area are what's left of the land. It's the, the higher mountains that are peaking through that that created the small islands. So why is it important that this knowledge come to others? And why is it, uh, why, why is it okay? Or I'm happy to know it's okay, or almost not just okay. It's needed for you and others like you to be sharing it with us today. Okay, that's the big question, and I've been doing this for a while, but I also know that I'm not alone. In other words, there's like Dorothy, <laughs> just yes. as an example, and yes. uh, so many other teachers that have come, and some have left, but we all have the same teachings. It just sounds a little different depending who it comes from. So the, the ancient teachings are very accessible they don't have to be complicated. The people of the of Peru, the, the Quero in particular, are very simple people. Yet the way they live their life and what they believe about nature and, and everything is universal. Because that information is everywhere with every tribe. They all understand we are one with our environment. We're not separate. We're all communicating all the time. The, the plants are trying to talk to you to support you. Uh, the, the trees are there to shade you, but much more because the, the shamanic work we do, we learn how to connect to to nature, uh, even though we may be very fond of nature. Uh, this is a little different because it's a it's a dialogue that you create. So, for example, we may not even think about this, but if you understand that we couldn't survive on this planet if there weren't plants, because the plants absorb the carbon dioxide that we breathe out and produce oxygen that we need to breathe in. How symbiotic is that? Mm, mm, yes. 
Yes. So it's okay for you to teach this or it, it, and, and why? It's okay to what again? Teach this knowledge that comes from a different culture and tribe. Oh, I see. Yes. No, I think the reason, well, first of all, I just felt it, you know, intuitively. And the, the, the people uh, of Peru are particularly happy to share their knowledge. They, they, they want us to take it. There is a part of their belief system that we were meant to take it, that the South was going to, uh, to allow the North to begin to um, be aware of these teachings so they could take it out into the world because there aren't that many Quero that are able to do that or even some of the other, there are many tribes, of course, and there are many people that are come, that come from different parts of Peru including like Titicaca, like Jorge Luis Delgado. And they all have similar messages. And they all are, for example, Jorge is out all over the planet doing these classes right now. And so is Jose Luis Herrera and so is Alberto. But then I come across people all the time, like Dorothy, that are also doing the work and have been doing it for a long time because we made an agreement. We made a contract. We would come and help to bring uh, the current time into relevance with the next dimension uh, dimensional experience moving from the fourth to the fifth dimension so what is one of the most important premise that we could wrap our arms around that comes through the the Keto Indians of Peru that what well, what is a message here's the interesting thing they would tell you in their and they have written their own books at last they had an interpreter that everybody who begins to work with this information, that just opens the door. That you're, you're, you're able, as a result of doing this kind of work, to open up to other beings in other dimensions, including your own guidance. And you will begin to co-create with, with the information you've been given. So you begin to tweak it for the people that you're serving. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Some groups resonate better with one kind of teacher than another. And the important thing is that you resonate with the teacher that you've chosen so you get the most out of the information. So some of the things we learn is some of the questions people have right away is, how do I know that this is for me? You know, shamanism. And what is it exactly? Well, shamanism, the word shaman is, is a is a made up term because every society, uh, every indigenous group have their own name for their teachers for, and for their medicine people. So in Peru, it is Paco, P-A-K-O or P-A-Q-O because that, that is their, their medicine people. And they have different names for different kinds of, of medicine people as does almost every other indigenous culture. And so in this case, being a Messiah, which is the class that I'm teaching in August with Andrea Lopez, is meaning a Mesa carrier. And a Mesa is a traveling altar. It's a very powerful tool because it's a collection of things that you have personally had drawn to you and you have perhaps already in your own possession, but you don't know how to use it. Well. So we might have been cultivating some of this or we, they have it, there are things that have significance to us 
that for whatever reason we keep around and we think it's for one reason or another, and it could be for a whole other reason too. Right, exactly. And it almost always is. Mm. And the other important aspect is learning how to release heavy energy. In the Andean tradition, it isn't called negative. And there isn't negative and positive. Energy is just energy. But if it's at a vibration that's heavy, it bogs us down and we can't think clearly and we can't act clearly. So a lot of the practices are about releasing that heavy energy on a daily basis. Uh, people talk about being slimed. You, you've probably heard that. I have. That comment. Because <laughs> literally we all feel energy, whether we realize it or not. And when we go into a toxic situation, it really feels like it's icky. There's a, a, a heaviness and an uncomfortableness. But we can't just walk away. It sticks to us. And so as we walk away, we're carrying it back to wherever we're going. And then it begins to inform us through the experiences we're having because it's all around us. The better thing is to, first of all, know how to protect yourself when you go into an area that could be toxic or has a multiplicity of participants. You never know what you're getting. And then when you are able, first of all, protecting yourself, you don't get slime. But if you do inadvertently because you weren't prepared, there's lots of ways of releasing that and allowing the light energy to come back in. Hmm. I could see that potentially some people would want to be shamans. So it's it, to try and control other people. I don't know where that question is. Oh, coming from, thank you. That's but... called sorcery. <laughs> Yes, Felipe, that's called sorcery. Ah. Excellent that you bring that up. Because most many times people are fearful of curanderos, for example, as they're called in uh in in Mexico, and curanderismo, which is the actions that the curandero takes or curandera. And there are some that do that. There's no question about it. They invite you in then they put the fear of God into you and you have to keep coming back and paying the money so that they can take care of the problems that you obviously have. Mm. Stay away from that. Mm. <laughs> the best thing to know is number one, when somebody tries to make you fearful, run as fast as you can into the opposite direction because that's trying to, they're trying to control you. So sorcery isn't necessarily evil, but it can be used that way, but so can shamanism. Mm. Mm. So interestingly enough, when we were talking earlier before the show about criticism, shame and guilt, and, and uh, we talked about how social media has, has taken over and uh, in the sense that uh, if the parents are around, aren't around because they're working, then, then people and kids are criticizing each other and shaming each other on social media. And so the problem perpetuates. And uh, with that, we talked about also how uh, in in this in this current moment that we're living uh, that that we have now that you said slime that we have this slime <laughs> around us. So uh, you said it's important to to work on ourselves and gr get rid of the 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 criticism, shame, and guilt uh, because you you can't help others uh, or or 
Or can you? Well, take it from you there. You can still would. help people. The problem is you're also likely to be triggered. And that's ah. uh, that's a problem uh, to keep clear enough that you don't bring your stuff into the story. But sometimes it happens automatically because you, you've been triggered by something. And you can only get triggered when you're unaware of what's happening. So another piece that we work with privately, I work with clients as well as my own students, and what we call one-on-one sessions, which is on my website. And the idea there is to understand these voices in your head, particularly the critical voice, the judgmental voice, the pusher, the pleaser. This is the work of Hal Stone, who was a Jungian analyst, and he just passed on recently. And he did something called voice dialogue, which just blew me out of the water. This was in the 70s. And I studied with him, uh, not, I didn't go, you know, for years or anything, but I spent a good deal of time listening to his uh, information. He, he, his website is, um, well, if you, if you Google Hal Stone and voice dialogue, you'll find that there are YouTube videos of him and they're absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, but what I do is with my one-on-one is I help a person get in touch with this multiple personalities that they're dealing with because this inner child, as we call them, splits into multiples because it can't cope with trauma if it's inundated with a huge amount of it continuously. So what happens is it goes into a hiding in your field. And then when you're triggered, out comes a child who, first of all, is angry mm. and, and has a right to be angry. But if we don't teach that child as the adult how to manage the anger, then they're going to take us down the rabbit hole. And that would be true of the inner critic just as well, which constantly criticizes us just the same as if the parent was sitting right next to us. But it's a child part. It's that split off and thinks it's helping by criticizing. Hmm. I, I'm listening to you, and I, I feel like I, a little later on we're going to talk about family, I think, because it just will happen with Michael Castaldo and, and uh-huh. heritage and history. And one of the things that I was fortunate enough to uh, have growing up was a grandmother that lived with us and i and it feels like our society is missing our elders and yes. i'm listening to you and i and of course i have the pleasure of listening to dorothy uh so much and and i feel like i i'm the lucky one and how do we mm-hmm. h- how do we support more people having elders and, and and you sound so young and and you have such a young you know I, I feel like you'll be doing this for another hundred years so you're almost not even an elder but uh you know thank you first of all uh for speaking and uh, uh to can i say students. something about grandparents please in, in uh, most of the time there is a particular grandparent it skips a generation that my client comes in and had a very good relationship, even if members of the family didn't necessarily with this grandparent, the people that come to me are often in a very good relationship. And I, 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 I had that relationship with my grandmother who didn't really speak English very well. She spoke Yiddish, but she came to me in a dream within the last say two, three years. 
And I would have never thought of her in this way. She came to me and during that dream, she hugged me. She never said anything. It was all like an extraterrestrial, you know, just intuitional. She hugged me and I so much love passed through me. I could barely help stand it. Mm. And when I woke up out of that dream, it was like my whole body was filled with mm. light and love. Mm. And so I know she's working with me from the other side. In mm. fact, most of them are. Mm. Well, actually, we're we're going to take a break here in a minute. Uh, but before we we do, uh, when we come back, we're going to get to talk a little bit more uh, with you, Esther. I, I, there's so much more I want to talk about. Uh, but could you just take one minute and and tell us what a what a power animal is? Sure. Animals kind of are archetypes for us. They represent whole gestalts of meaning. So when you see a bird, we have a conjoint reality of birds fly. They're free. They're unrestricted. They're also able to view entire vistas from their viewpoint. That's a metaphor. or It's an archetype that we can identify with to help us understand or see the bigger picture. In the, in the, in the South, we talk about Amaro. Amaro is the serpent. Well, people have all kinds of issues around serpents. Too bad, because they're marvelous archetypes. And one of their main features is their ability to shed their skin all at once, not piece by piece by piece. Mm. And so we see them as helpers to help us shed our old stories. So the archetypes uh, are also embedded in all the animals. They all have some kind of energy that's specific. So my power animal, for example, is wolf. The wolf is teacher. And I found out later that, you know, first I found out I had wolf as my, as my power animal. And then I discovered the significance in reading books on, on the um, meaning behind these animals. And being a, a teacher all my life, in many lives, it fit just perfectly. So there are many kinds of power animals. They can be birds, they can be cats, they can be dogs, they can be um, tamed, but most of them are wild. Mm. And they can, but they can be like, they can be a deer because it's the quality the deer carries that resonates with you. So mm. what we do is we go on a journey and we go to, into the underworld or the inner world and we find our power animal. Then we have the responsibility of learning how to work with that animal because it's there to support us. Mm. Wow. And, and that's one of the things that you do in your one-on-ones. And I know you've got your workshops. You've got one. Well, actually, up. the workshop coming up is where we do that. The one, that, oh. Yeah, that one is the one that's called the Messiah Brights. And if you look at the details of it, and that's on my website as well. Yep, we're going to give that out right now. Yep, School for the Shamanic Arts. School Correct. for the Shamanic Arts arts.com and we are speaking with reverend esther miriam jenkins and i am so enjoying this conversation we have a a couple more minutes together when we come back esther and i was hoping that 
we talked about all this heavy energy and, and guilt and all that stuff that we carry around and slime. And if, if, if you could <laughs> share with us uh, one thing we could do tonight, for example, on our way to learning more, how do we clear heavy energy from our field or at least start to or put our consciousness there? I think that would be great when we come back. Uh, okay. We will also have our... Ask Dorothy segment a little later. And after that, our performance guest tonight is Michael Castaldo, a singer and songwriter and so much more. You'll find out when we come back here on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back. I am Filippo, and this is our episode 695. We are featuring guest hands-on healer, Inca initiate, founder of the School for the Shamanic Arts. We have titled this episode, Sharing Knowledge and Wisdom of the Shamanic Arts, which is exactly what our guest has been doing tonight. Thank you so much, Reverend Esther Miriam Jenkins. We just have a couple more minutes together, but I'd like to start off by saying, first and foremost, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you, Filippo. I appreciate that. It, it was just within 24 hours. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Uh, day before. Day before. Well, how special. I, I, I May this be the continuation of uh, wonderful times for you. Oh, well, I appreciate that a lot. It's been a very uh, interesting time, I guess is the way to put it. But you had a question, and I think your question is very relative or rele relevant, rather. It is. You know what it is. Please take it away. There are many tools we use for this, but one of the ones that you can very easily do and you're very familiar with is called grounding. So in other words, taking your shoes off and standing on the solid ground. One of the ways we work with, uh, with heavy energy is to release it to the earth because the earth has very slow moving energy and so is our heavy energy. So we're not sliming the earth when we release our heavy energy. We're feeding the earth. Mm. The earth then mulches that energy and sends it right back to us as light energy. That's why grounding works so well. But if you add breath to that and even sound, you are amplifying the release 
and preparing yourself to receive even at a higher frequency. So when you do this and you have your feet on the ground, you take a deep breath in as deep as you can, and you can release it with sound right to the earth, right through your body. Ha! Mm. And that energy starts your field vibrating and preparing itself as the energy comes back to you. You notice you feel tingling in your feet, up your legs and all into the core of your body, all the way out of the top of your head. When it goes out of the top of your head, it actually goes back down to the earth and it starts this circle of energy. And you can do that like three times and it will have a profound effect on you. You'll feel so much lighter. I, as I heard you do that, Esther, I, I, I didn't expect such a, a primal sound at, at this moment to, to come through on air. And, <laughs> and, and I, I pictured also a, a child or actually a, a baby who, who could stand you know, squarely and then yell out a scream uh, right. that, that's primal. And I thought, I wonder if, if it is actually innate. We're not taught that that's innate, but what if that's mm -hmm. partly innate? Well, we are always doing that when we don't eat. When things build up in us, particularly when we get angry, we raise our voice, mm. we raise our uh, energy, and we release. And it may be in words, but it's the same idea. But unfortunately, because we're directing the words to another person or mm. thing, we don't get the full benefit. We're if we, when we release it to the earth, the earth immediately welcomes that energy and continues to pull more heavy energy off of us. So it's been misdirected. We, it, so instead of being taught potentially not to do that, say, okay, that's good. Let's take it outside. Go stand on yeah. the dirt and do that. Do that. Yeah. And when you're done, then come back and we'll talk. Yeah, there you go. Or we'll eat. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Great. And we have a lot of methodologies we use to open chakras and and pull heavy energy out of the chakras specifically. So if people don't know where chakras are, they can look that up online, but there have been their energy vortexes all through our field. And there are seven of them, which matches the colors of the rainbow. So they're very, very important in all the work we do, uh, along with other techniques that are very shamanic, such as drums and rattles and whist whistles that we use during ceremony. And ceremony is what's missing in people's lives. Really, there's unless they belong to a church where they have a lot of heavy ceremonies, people are hungry for that. Hmm. Hmm. And so you teach people how to do them or you guide them through a ceremony or all the above and more? All of the above. They do their own ceremonies. We do ceremonies as a community. And that's what I'd like to end with, the importance of community. People think it's great to do things alone because they don't have to worry about the interactions they have with people when they're in groups. But the problem is we were meant to be in community. Mm. That's where we thrive. Mm. We just have to learn how to do it without projecting our shadow on other people. And that's the other component of the work we do in the 
both this class coming up, but also in what we call IUs, which are IUs means uh, a, a community. So we learn that what we're projecting into our environment is what we're getting back. So maybe we ought to pay attention to what we're projecting because it mm. isn't what, what we get back is not what we want. Mm. Mm. Well, I must be doing something right because I'm enjoying this so much. Everything you're sharing here, I'm looking at the flyer for uh, your upcoming event, Shamanism, A Path of Power, Purpose, Integrity, and Healing. I, I can get behind all of that. School for the Shamanic Arts dot com where you can learn more about S, uh, reverend esther miriam jenkins school for the shamanic arts.com she's also on facebook same name and on instagram as esther jenkins interestingly enough that's spelled with an h e s t h e r and that's interesting in itself but hopefully for another time and so much more esther Felipe, what... well, i just have to say the Pleasure. class actually you're reading from a sep another a paper the class is actually t entitled the messiah rights level one of the shamanic practitioner certification so messiah is a mesa carrier you learn how to create a mesa amongst other things aha uh -huh. okay well and <laughs> and there's that thank you for for bringing that in and thank you for bringing all of this in, actually, uh, for us today and, and what you're doing. I look forward to getting to meet you in person. I would the... <laughs> love that. I would very much love that, Filippo. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much. I Reverend appreciate it. Esther Miriam Jenkins. What a pleasure. Oh, and with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Marina from Woodland Hills. When I met you, I felt that I knew you from many lifetimes. And I feel like you can help me remember which star system I am from and why I came to this planet. I know I am a star seed, and I feel that if I can discern what my mission and purpose is, then I can be happy and free of all the trauma and drama my life on Earth has provided me. My desire is to master my fears and resistances and to become the master of my life and complete what I came here to do and set myself free of all entanglements acquired in this and other lifetimes. Can you help me? Dear Marina, I thank you for this interesting question, and I understand the feelings you have expressed. My friend, since 2007, Joe Amadon, creator of lightconnection.org, wrote a book titled, Where Are You Really From? This book and her work helped me become more comfortable with why I always felt as if I didn't really belong here on Earth. Joe has helped thousands of people discover their planetary or origins and to better understand their personal missions and purposes. Her book provides much information that I feel could assist you in raising your personal frequencies and prepare you to assist in raising the planetary frequencies. We're living in a time of planetary transformation, and I believe your mission is similar to mine. We are here to assist human beings in remembering that love, love is the most powerful force in this universe, and that we are here to help them by becoming the example of what loving oneself truly looks like. The way I've been able to better master my fears and resistances is by choosing to love myself and to forgive myself for all of my less than elegant choices. 
I believe that I co-created all of the traumas and dramas so that I could better understand why human beings make the choices they make and assist them in making more elegant ones. I highly recommend that you choose to love yourself unconditionally and to do your best to assist others in doing the same, as I believe that this is what will help raise not only your frequencies, I feel it will also assist in raising the planet's frequencies. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance guest, singer-songwriter Michael Costaldo here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition right after this. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. The Life Changes Show is a talk, music, and variety show presented by Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, business leaders, and children, we are here to inspire our audience to do life better. With heart, integrity, and experience, we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show. As your life changes, we're here for you. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back. I'm Filippo, and I'm so excited to introduce our performance guest, who is a singer and songwriter. He says about himself that he is the living embodiment of authentic Italian culture for modern North Americans. He's a native of Calabria in the tip of the toe of Italy. Welcome to the show, Michael Castaldo. Ciao, Filippo. Thank ciao, you. Ciao. Thank you so much. And to, to Dorothy, and uh, it was wonderful uh, hearing uh, Miriam Esther Jenkins speak so fascinating. So thanks so much for having me on the Life Changes show. Oh, it, it's our pleasure. It's It's been long overdue. And so uh, uh, thankfully, here we are. You know, it's interesting. I was actually thinking uh, about you and our culture, uh, because so much of what uh, Reverend Esther was saying uh, about connection to nature and 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 
So even growing up in America, my father wanted me as as to be to be connected to the ocean and to the land and 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 the trees and what's what did you talk to me about olive trees yes 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 olive trees my connection to to mother earth uh indeed yeah uh growing up uh for the first few years of my life in in italy before my family um immigrated to canada um uh, i would always hear my mom telling me stories uh of of her growing up in Italy and my father telling me stories of his upbringing in Italy. Um, so I've I've lived uh, the Italian life uh, vicariously through them. And fast forward many many years, and I feel like I'm retelling their story through my music. It's and, interesting. Yeah. And 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 my my dad was a, a cooper. He made barrels for wine companies and balsamic vinegar companies. My mom's side of the family produced olive oil. So they had their hands connected to, to wood, to the mm. earth. And hearing uh, uh, Miriam Esther Jenkins, uh, just so fascinated. I, I, my mind was, was, was uh, looking backwards, but thinking forwards as well, too. So I'm I'm so honored to be on your show today and to, <laughs> and to hear all of this. It's fantastic. Well, it's it's perfect also because I it, think it leads to uh, one of one of your songs that we're going to talk about and potentially uh, all of your songs. You know, it, so much of of what uh, she was saying reminded me too of how we we've lost like community. We've lost a lot of that and how in our culture, community and family is really important. Now there may be the criticism and the guilt and all of that too, but if we could, if we could sift some of this out that we could get the, the what's left, the good stuff that's left like olive oil. Uh, and you could talk more about that than I ever could, but I will say this, there's a phrase that we say, and and your music could help do this. Canta chi ti passa, right? Right. Fantastic. I'm glad you brought the, that up. And and we're you know you're you're a musician. I'm a musician. We're in a social social business. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have to create music with with others. So getting along with uh, everyone from every walk of life is important. And um, being Italian could be both a curse. And a blessing, <laughs> you know. Listen, we invented drama, <laughs> we invented opera, so we, we we understand it quite well. But growing up and 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 having a meal around an Italian uh, 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 dinner, um, the children were encouraged to speak up and speak their mind and express themselves. Um, and I, I. I, I I was not I was not taught to suppress my feelings. I was mm. taught to 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 express them verbally and get them out. Uh, I, I think that's healthy. Um, I, I guess it depends on the 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 the, the volume of that expression. <laughs> And where you're doing it and where it's directed. I have to explain Kanta Gitipasa. You understood it, but it means sing and and you'll get over it or you'll feel better. And and so potentially you've been doing that and potentially that's something that's part of our part of a, our soul. What's interesting is I, I've never done anything like this and I don't even know if I could with our family, but with your family, you all have have 
been able to uh, find your roots for how many centuries? So um, on my dad's side of the family, the Castaldos, um, one of my uncles uh, did a genealogy research uh, many years ago. He was able to go back a thousand years. And uh, the Castaldos came from the Naples uh, area of, uh, of Italy. And our specific branch uh, migrated down to Calabria about three, four hundred years ago. My mom's side of the family, the Pellegrinos, um, uh, my mom was able to hire somebody to do a genealogy uh, research on our family, and they go back to Sicily um, many, many years, and then that particular branch migrated to, to Calabria three, four hundred years ago. Uh, so knowing uh, your ancestry, and look how many ancestry uh, companies have blossomed these yeah. past uh, 10 plus years. I think people need to know their roots, where they came from in order to know where they're going, mm. uh, in my humble opinion. But mm. um, um, I, I, it's grounded me. Um, I, I feel more confident in my skin um, and who I interact with. Um, because of of knowing my history. Well, interesting. One of the things that my dad used to teach me when he was teaching me songs was that Italians, Sicilians, and uh, Southern Italians they they sang a lot about the sun, like "O Sole Mio," very famous song. Uh, the 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 ocean, the you know, the land, la terra, our country. And, and I was thinking, we didn't, I didn't know a lot of those in, in my American culture growing up. Oceanindoh, and I mean, they're my country, you know, there, there are a few. This land this is, land is land. your land? Yeah, this land is my land, this land is your land. But, but, you know, here you wrote a modern day song and you just released it about a river. How beautiful is that? Talk to us about that. Sure. It's called uh, Rio, uh, R-I-U, uh, the Calabrian version of Rio. And in Rio, in Portuguese and Spanish, is river. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's my, uh, my interpretation of, of how we need to, and going back to what Esther Jenkins said, how we need to uh, connect with with Mother Earth and mm. Mother Earth, the its lungs, its heart is the Amazon River, the Amazon Basin, the Amazon Jungle, uh, and 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 what she was talking about regarding you know vegetation and how it absorbs, and how we need to preserve uh, the Amazon with all our might because that's gonna keep this uh, this planet uh, continuing to go for. For a long time, but if if we uh, continue um, uh, deforestation in the Amazon, um, uh, it's not good. It's not good for humanity. It's not good for this planet. That's for sure. And so this this song is dedicated to uh, to the Amazon River and how it brings life to this uh, to this planet. Mm, thank you, Michael. So Michael just released this a couple of weeks ago, and so we're happy to. Be one of the first to present it here is Michael Castaldo's song, Ryu.
Costaldo and Ryu. Ryu is available everywhere music is heard and bought online. Find it, of course, on Amazon and iTunes. Uh, we are happy to be one of the many radio stations playing this new song. Both, uh, well, all Italian, Italian American, and Canadian radio stations. So uh, catch Michael Costaldo. Uh, find him on Linktree, uh, for those who don't know, link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, Linktree, forward slash Castaldo Michael. So Castaldo, C-E, uh, sorry, C-A-S-T-A-L-D-O. And then Michael is spelled like Mike Heel. We'll have to talk about that in a moment. M-I-C-H-E-A-L. So Castaldo Michael Find him on Linktree. Uh, Michael, first of all, congratulations on your song. I know it's, Thank it's you. ranking and all that good stuff, and good on you and the song. Uh, secondly, for all of you listening live, obviously we just feel like we started a conversation with Michael, so we're going to continue a couple more minutes. It's going to be recorded uh, for listening in the archive uh, when uh, when that's available in the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, Michael, if we can continue for a little bit more. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. In, in, in your songs and in your stories and through your products like the olive oil and uh, balsamic vinegar and all that, it, you're, you're telling a story through all of this. And you say, quote, I'm sharing my love for family and what I treasure with anyone willing to try and experience it. Why is that important to you? I think, uh, you know, story is uh, the greatest thing that uh, humans can, can do. Um, and the passing of, of stories from thousands of years ago to present moment. And uh, musicians tell their story through music. And um, I'm, I'm not selling any widgets. I'm telling my family story, my own personal story. And I hope that in one way or another, it, it resonates with somebody that they'll want to uh, tell their story eventually. Um, so um, I think it's important to tell stories. 
Very, very important. Every time we've had the opportunity to connect, I, I feel, or act for that matter, actually, listening to you on uh, Joe Costa's radio show, uh, I'll hear you talk. <laughs> Love on Joe. That. Joe's great. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Joe. Uh, I, I hear you uh, telling a story and, and I'll learn something. Like you're always interjecting something like, like uh, Esther's a teacher uh, and she was a high school teacher, actually. So you, you're, you share through your stories and I learned something. For example, you taught me something uh, about Ryu. You said that there were some instruments or some rhythm that was used in that song. And you yep. said, of course. And I said, well, why is that of course? And you said, well, that's in our culture. And I didn't know that. I don't even remember what it was now. Do you remember? Yes. So the, uh, the Canta Flamenco. Yes. Yes. Is my good friend, uh, uh, from Spain, um, Alfonso uh, Moragubo Sid. And uh, that style of singing, uh, the canto flamenco, comes back, um, starts in the Middle East, uh, specifically India. Uh, it's called koal singing, migrates to North Africa in the Middle East. If you think about the, uh, uh, the Arab uh, uh, culture and um, and when they uh, sing uh, uh, for the time for prayer, it's got those same uh, turns and twists in, the, in, in its melody. That then migrated to Spain. And then when uh, the, the Spanish uh, um, uh, conquered southern Italy, they brought that. So if you listen to some of the Sicilian and Calabrian uh, folk songs, we have a lot of those melodic uh, uh, runs, if you will. Um, so it's all all connected in the Mediterranean um, basin, North African. Uh, it, it's part of our culture. And all I did in, in Rio was just amplify that. And, and I'm singing in, in my native Calabrian language. Yeah, it is part of our culture. Actually, uh, I, I, I tell a story on stage every once in a while how my father said I don't sound Sicilian enough when I do Sicilian songs. Uh, and he said, you got to put this in there. And that's exactly what he was talking about. And speaking of Sicilian and the language, so in Italy, there there seemed for a while at least to, to be uh, this uh, movement where people weren't speaking, speaking uh, the various languages of Italy anymore. And some are dialects, some are languages. Uh, you uh, uh, and they were using the the, the Italian uh, Italian. Uh, so you sing specifically in Calabrese a lot. Yes, well, I I I, I through my dad I, I I learned the love of and the the incredible history of Neapolitan music and singing the Sicilian language uh, since I'm from the province of Reggio. And, and, and those from Reggio, are, uh, our, our language is very similar to the Sicilian language. So singing in Sicilian uh, comes quite easy to me. Um, singing in Spanish as well, too. Uh, I, I think as musicians, our ears are trained to, to hear uh, other languages, and we can easily learn them if we just, you know, apply ourselves uh, to it. Um, and um, my when I started singing in the Calabrian language and actually recording it was just my way of preserving the Calabrian language. And mm. people will say, no, it's a dialect. That's not true. 
uh, at all because now the official language in, of Italy is, is the Florentine language, but Sicilian language, Florentine language, Neapolitan language, they all existed at the same time because before Italy became unified, it was all these various kingdoms and regions. So the reason we're giving out Michael's link tree uh, is because it is a tree with so many branches and so many roots. I mean, from Spotify to YouTube to Amazon. But what's on there? It's not just music, I have to say. It is olive oil. It's cologne. It's perfume. It's, uh, uh, I mean, wow. And it's even a villa that, that people, actually that villa is a family villa, right? So it's all in the family. It is all in the family. That was the the home that I was born and raised uh, the first few years of my life before my family went to Canada. And uh, my parents abandoned the property after they moved to Canada. It uh, became an eyesore. And it was completely in disrepair after after many years. And about 20 years ago, I went to a, a family wedding my then fiance, who's now my wife, Bojena, uh, got a, the chance to meet all my relatives and, and finally visit Calabria and saw this old dilapidated home. And, and after reading the book Under the Tuscan Sun, I was inspired uh, <laughs> to, to rebuild it. It was my first, my first uh, renovation project. I did not have any of the, the lingo uh, down to be able to converse with all the various contractors. Uh, you, you hear about people doing various projects at home, but try doing that from 5,000 plus miles away. Mm. Uh, very difficult. I argued with all of them just because I couldn't uh, express myself uh, clearly enough. Uh, but eventually they got it and uh, it came out really well. The locals thought I was a crazy American to invest uh, in Calabria. They said, oh, all these beautiful regions in northern Italy. Who would want to come to Calabria? And I basically said, those who've I done would. the northern regions <laughs> and now want to experience another side of, of, of Italy, the non-touristy uh, side. Oh, it's and beautiful. It took, it took three the years. Ionian Sea, it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Coastline, yeah. it's, it's so it's just not on many travelers radar and i, I feel it's like an mine. ambassador for the region to to uh share to share uh, this region with as many um worldly travelers as possible yeah well so so there it is so before we hear the song i'll give the link tree out again and then and then uh you can tell us about heal link tree <laughs> so l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e and forward slash Castaldo Michael, C-A-S-T-A-L-D-O, Michael, M-I-C-H-E-A-L. So you made your name into heel. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's a healing in your name. So tell us about that. Everything that we all try to do, or at least I'll speak for myself, is to heal. Mm. So music heals. Mm. Just singing, you're kind of massaging your heart, right? Uh, hold a mic, so M-I-C, and heal. Um, <laughs> uh, olive oil has incredible yes. healing properties. Yes. Uh, what is the best uh, way to disinfect and clean? 
vinegar, obviously not balsamic vinegar. That's a, that's a sweet nectar of life. Uh, but <laughs> vinegar also heals as well, too. And then what do we do to, you know, just uh, get some R&R? We vacation. We, we go and we stay at some other place uh, uh, and travel. And so getting people to travel to Italy and to specifically to southern Italy, they get a chance to relax and heal. And there you go. Um, and, and actually, Michael, the way I spell it, came by a mistake. I, I was in music school in Boston, and I was preparing for a recital concert, and uh, flyers were made. And after they were posted around the oh, campus, no. people said, Mike, you spelled your name wrong. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. So rather than taking... <laughs> All those it was divinely inspired. <laughs> I just left it. <laughs> but if you speak to a foreigner and you ask them, spell Michael, nine out of ten times, they will spell Michael M-I-C-H-E-A-L rather uh, than A-E-L. I, I can see that. It's like the Germanic pronouncing the second vowel or something. But okay. Well, I like it. I like it all. And, and we're going to get to hear... We're going to get to hear. Uh, so, so technically this would be that like the name is kind of healing, but is it about a, a relationship? The song we're going to hear is prayer P R A Y apostrophe R. Tell us about that. Uh, prayer was uh, co-written with a, a good friend of mine. We went to music school together, Stane Svensson uh, at Berkeley in, in Boston. And um, um when the melody was written, we both looked at each other and said, uh, there's, there's this, this, the melody is so strong. And when I would play it in, in the song in the songwriter groups, many years later, after people heard it, they would be able to sing the chorus back to mm-hmm. me. And so when that happens, you know, that uh, uh, someone is watching over you and, and, and you're just, you know, a vessel, a uh, 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 putting that music out and um and prayer to 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 stain and i um is is about uh loving one each other loving uh and and bringing harmony to the world uh through uh whatever religion or faith uh, we 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 practice and to find that healing place um in in life so on that note uh, i want to dedicate this uh prayer to to you and to dorothy and to to mark and of course to uh to esther jenkins well thank you so much michael it's already in my heart i woke up singing it a couple days ago nice and so i i was saying what what is this i know this song what is it and i remembered oh yes michael castaldo's prayer so here it is for our all of our enjoyment and thank you for the dedication michael michael castaldo's prayer on the life changer Sento respirare più dolcemente Il cuore mi batte forte dalla tristezza La tua voce Sava nell'aria e ca 
to this show today actually it doesn't feel like an ending it feels like a beginning thank you for that prayer p-r-a-y apostrophe r by michael castaldo and i have to say that that is the uh the bilingual version and there is a, a version completely in italian for those who would be interested in that and that's called io credo right michael fantastic yes uh filippo thank you so much for your your generous uh generous heart and sharing uh, this, the show with everybody. I'm very, very impressed, very impressed with the, the way you you've been doing this and look 600 plus episodes. Incredible. 
Congratulations, Filippo. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to more with you. I want to give the, the link tree one more time. Link L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Castaldo Mike Heal. That's all I need to say now. Uh, so M-I-C-H-E-A-L. I guess I'm going to say more. Um, but uh, what a pleasure. I look forward to more of your music. And there's so much more of his music. Go check it out. And I look forward to checking out all the other products that you bring forward with uh, that beautiful heart of yours that and your family. So uh, all the best to you. Thank you. Thank you once again. And blessings to you and your family as well. And to uh, Dorothy, uh, to Esther Jenkins and to Mark and everyone listening in. And uh, if I can just ask, one ask is please follow me on on Spotify. Would love to uh, share my my other music with you, with uh, everyone listening in. Wonderful. What is the Spotify address? Uh, just, uh, by going to the link tree, uh, um, website that you, uh, mentioned several times, uh, it's at the top, just click on it. And then by following me, you just heart the symbol, you, you click on the heart symbol and you'll, you'll be able to follow me and listen to various, uh, other songs uh, sung in different languages and, and follow my playlists. All wonderful. All the best to you, Michael. Grazie mille. Grazie te, Filippo. Grazie. Ciao. <laughs> Wow, that was so special. Thank you again to Michael Castaldo and a big thank you again also to Reverend Esther Miriam Jenkins. That is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our executive producer and co-host, Mark Lejeur, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to the Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at the Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant life changes the life changes network is an entertainment network the views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of life changes <laughs>